I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Before we hop into today's episode, we want to tell you guys about one of our amazing sponsors, Podcorn. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know we've shouted out Podcorn before as one of the websites we use to find ad sponsors for the show. Yes, Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step to ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. Exactly. Podcorn gives podcasters transparency transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. Head to the link in our show notes to sign up and start browsing sponsorship opportunities for your podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. This is Kara. And this is Allison. Today, we have a fun topic, a lot of different things, but mostly revolving around influencer culture. We just feel like, I don't know, influencers are having their moment. We just did the Revolve Fest. They just did the Coachella thing. And we just have a lot of thoughts. And I feel like just being on social media, you get some thoughts around influencers and... I don't know. We just want to dive into that. We got a few questions from you guys and just from ourselves that we want to answer and have a conversation around influencers and all the sorts. And all the sorts. Yeah. I feel like it's not even just us that's kind of had our gears turning on it lately. Like I'm seeing a lot of mixed signals and things going on on TikTok and behind the scenes videos. Mm -hmm. So we thought this would be a very timely and overdue episode and we needed to catch up anyway. So we thought you guys would want to hear all of our thoughts live because we, Karen and I deliberately haven't talked about all the things we want to talk about to each other. So this will be the real deal. Yeah, exactly. Allison said, even in our personal lives, we want to catch up and we thought segueing into influencer culture made sense if we want to chit chat about our lives catch up with what we both have going on. So this is perfect. I guess we can start with that. What have you been up to? I feel like I literally haven't talked to you, like we just said, and probably over a month. I have. I feel like we've been very opposite where you have with Coachella and traveling, you've been posting a lot more. And I have been being like this off the grid version of myself. I've like been hiking a lot and out at my friend's farm and (laughs) being like nature girl, which is uh, fun. But I have 
two funny stories that I have to share about this because clearly Peaches and I are not um, really built for nature. I totally told the story on this podcast about when Clay and I went hiking in Colorado and the bear was on the trail. So I just feel like, I don't know. I, I mean, I love nature, but I'm a little uncomfy. I was raised, I was born and raised in the city. The outdoors still kind of, I don't know. I'm not, it's not quite my element, but I'm trying. Anyway, we went hiking out at Hitchcock this weekend and it's like very wooded and tree-ish. And one of the people I was with had a tick on their, uh, crawling uh, up their face. Uh, and I have just been, we, after we left, we all were, um, you know, like looking through each other's hair and we like went home and like got our clothes off and showered. But I have just like felt like there's like a tick crawling on me. I don't know if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like when you start to get paranoid and I know that it's not, there's not one on me. And I'm like, Lyme disease? is a real thing that really destroys people's lives. Like, I really don't care about the tick. Like, whatever. I'll kill a spider with my bare hand. That's fine. I just don't want a tick living in my hair and giving me Lyme disease and ruining my life. I think that's a completely valid concern. (laughs) I I 100% agree. Lyme disease is so scary. And a lot of people have it. Not a lot of people. I'm not trying to scare people. But like, more people than you would think have Lyme disease. Yeah. And I feel like it's not discussed as much as it should be. Like so many people have like cabins up in Minnesota or like, you know, all over the, or all around the world. And ticks are so common, but no one really thinks about it that much. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so just if you guys are going on hikes and stuff this summer, check for ticks. Yeah. Wear pants, wear socks, cover your skin. And definitely on the animals too, because like your dogs are closer mm. to the ground so they can get on your pets and then like jump up on you. Because ticks can like fall from trees and stuff too, right? Like they can uh. attack you from above. <laughs> they can get you from all angles. But I have a very good question about ticks. So if they live off the host, does that mean a tick has a baby on top of another host? Oh my God, like we it, cannot they... start thinking that they're going to lay eggs in us too. That's just... <laughs> I am already scared about flies laying eggs on me. I don't need another Ugh. animal fear. Um, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. So that's, <laughs> that's that. that. So then the other story is on this farm I was on. <laughs> I took peaches with me and she's just, it was for her birthday. Not intentionally. It just happened to be her birthday that day. And so I was like, you know what? Go hog wild. Be a dog. Get muddy. Eat the things. Whatever. <laughs> this is your this is your day. <laughs> and we were out in the barn and she, there was a, a mousetrap and apparently it was just like, peanut butter on this mousetrap, but she, I didn't know it was back in the corner and she ate it and the mousetrap closed on her and she freaked out. And then she was terrified for like all of 20 minutes. And then we go outside and I'm like doing something else, not really paying that much attention. She's just like off. And I'm like, wait, where's Peaches? She's not coming when called and she always comes when called and she doesn't usually wander off. And so I go behind this other building and she's literally stuck in a sticker patch. Oh my God. <laughs> she was eating. They're like bigger stickers, like not those tiny little yellow ones, like a, I don't know, like a marble size with pokey things all the way around. She literally had sewed her entire mouth shut with them. They were all over her belly, like all on her tail, on her paws. She was like standing there with two of her feet up, frozen, couldn't even walk. It took me like an hour to get all of the stickers out of her. Then when we got home, I had to keep brushing because like the little pricks were like still in there. I was like, girl... Come on, <laughs> between, between the ticks and the mouse traps and the stickers, I'm like, we are not doing we're well. Not built for this. Get us not back to downtown this, Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's walk to our coffee shop again. Yeah, but it's fun. It's good to get out of your comfort zone, and it's been nice to have a change of scenery. Yeah, and then never do it again. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're so right. Like the universe has told you so many times, like you and Peach are not made for like nature but that no that's that's funny i love that you brought this up because i've been doing a lot of outdoor things kind of on these shoots that have been going on and all of a sudden i want to be like a horse girl like i don't know why at 26 like i want that life now but you saying that i'm like wait that's funny because i've been wanting to go to like the barn and stuff more too like we rode horses in palm springs this past week and i'm like wait i want this like life i want to do this I love that for you. Do you have any... Were you like a horse girl as a kid or this is a new seed that's being planted? I used to ride horses from like kindergarten to fourth grade. Never had my own horse, but like would go and do the 
do the thing, did a couple shows. And Connor's uncle lives, I think, like three and a half hours from us. He lives in Iowa um, from St. Louis. And he has horses and has a barn. I'm like, Connor, why have we not driven up there and rode horses? Like, Margo would love that. I would love that. And he's like, I am not getting on a horse. Like, I am too old to break (laughs) something. But you are more than welcome to do that. So I think I want to do that. But yeah, I guess I used to ride horses. I have like a little bit of background, but I also sent Allison, this influencer that I follow, talking about influencers, Paige Lorenz. If you guys know who that is, she just started a clothing company or a line called Horse Girl. And I think it's like the most brilliant branding ever because the word horse girl has a negative connotation. Like it's kind of like the words that you use to make fun of that girl at your high school, your middle school. And I love that she's taking a hold of that phrase, making it cute, making it fun. So I might have to go purchase. We'll see. Okay. I, I love Paige Lorenz because it's very interesting to me. I don't know. I've been interested in her in a while because she started off as like a skier. Mm-hmm. She was not... She, if you listen to her um, YouTube videos, she did not set out to be an influencer. She's just stunning. Yeah. But I think it started off as Dairy Girl. Yes. Because it's she would Dairy always Girl. eat regular cheese and milk and everyone would be like, that's so gross. Like, why are you eating cow's milk? So she... I don't know. Was always hyping up the actual dairy stuff. <laughs> so I feel like horse girls is part a of dairy girl. M- yeah. But yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. That's so true. It's under the same website. But that's funny. I didn't know the backs. For- I-, I always wondered what dairy girl was. And I honestly didn't know. So it's funny to get that background. Good for her. Um, last horse girl thought, but also same. <laughs> My mom's brother had tons, like almost a hundred horses, and we would go on really long family trail rides, like a couple days. Like you know, you're riding horses for like twelve hours a day for three days across like the state of South Dakota with like our whole extended family. Wow, we do these trail rides, and then we'd camp out along the way. Yeah, and I would go to that farm in the summer. Quite a lot of experience with horses as well. And I have to like get in the round pen and like help train them before they are broken in with their harness and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely you and I can we can go be horse girls yeah. for a moment this summer. Wait, already friends, horse girl retreat. Who's coming? <laughs> Let's go. I'm so down. Okay, so for my catch-up, it's kind of honestly gonna be the Revolve Festival story. So I'm not going to catch up. I'm just going to do my peak of the week and we'll do your guys' peaks of the weeks. And then I'll just get into my Coachella Revolve Festival experience. Perfect. Okay. My peak of the week was that I finally got a film camera. One of my goals for the year was that I wanted to start shooting film. And Karen and I kind of had a similar uh, Canon, like old school film camera, like a manual one. Mm-hmm. They're pretty complicated. Like you definitely have to know what you're doing. And I had that one for a few years. And some of my film would turn out and some wouldn't because I wouldn't quite know what I was doing. And it was just a little bit more effort than it was worth. Like I want it and it was so delicate and I had to just be careful. And I really just want one that I can like throw in my bag, get outside, take a photo like while we're having fun and it not be like, oh my gosh, wait, let me get all the Mm -hmm. settings right. So I got just like a point and shoot one so that I don't mess it up. But it's so crazy because I traded in my... um, Canon Rebel T5i, mm-hmm. which like, I mean, it's like a nicer, not nice, but it's it's a DSLR camera. And I've had it for eight and a half years and I took it into the place where they buy cameras. And I would, I would originally pay like, you know, a grand for this thing back in the day. And the guy was like, yeah, I'll give you 160 bucks for oh. it. And I was like, wow. He's like, I mean, no one, no one wants these things. And I'm like, yeah, valid. Neither do I. But it's just so crazy. Like, it's basically like an iPhone 2. Why would anyone want an iPhone 2? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not even going to bother selling this thing on Facebook Marketplace or something because one of my goals was that I want a film camera. So I'll just call it even. So I got the film camera, a case, and then a battery, and then enough film to make it worth just like a, the even 160 Oh, trend. good. Yay. So yeah, I feel like that worked out. Um, definitely haven't done anything yet. This was like two days ago. So <laughs> that'll be fun. TVD. It'll literally be perfect for summer. You have that coming up to like when it's getting warmer, doing fun stuff. I love that. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. My peak of the week, I was just going to say, making lots of new friends and new friendships for this Revolve recap. I met up with two of my TikTok friends. One of them I've already met in person, but the other one, Hope, who we have on the podcast, I got to meet her in person and hang out. That was super fun. And then we can choose Coachella. My friend, who was like kind of in our group, she brought a lot of her friends and we kind of did like a whole big mixed group. And it was just so much fun meeting all of them. Um, And then we even like met a random person in the parking lot named Doug. Um, It was his second day in the US. He he was from London. And the people in our group, like four of them were from London. So then we're like, oh, Doug, you got to come with our group. Like, 
you have to meet our friends. I don't, I don't know. It was just really fun making all these new friendships. Like Doug hit it off with all the Brits that were in our group. Like they're literally, they all are like neighbors too in London, which is so fun. They're all going to hang out once they get back. And I don't know, just making all the new friends has probably been my peak and meeting new people and our talent for Palm Springs. I got to meet this past week and they were so fun, so nice. So yeah, just loving that lately. So many good new interactions and friends yeah. and connections. I love that. Okay, yes. Your guys' peaks. Anne said, my boyfriend asked me to move in his house. Exciting. Congrats. I'll be super fun. And Kayla said, I solo traveled to Paris for the first time. That sounds so delightful. That's a big city to solo travel to. I feel like that can be a little intimidating. So congrats. That's that's very exciting. Funky Ab said, passed my media buying blueprint exam. You go, girl. Bree said, flew across the country to surprise my mom for Mother's Day. Aww. That is a good daughter right there. That is so sweet. That's what you did. Yes. Honestly, yes. Flew across. Not the surprise part. But yes, I'm in Greenville, South Carolina now with my family. And yesterday was Mother's Day. And it was fun spending time with my mom and getting to see my parents. Hadn't seen them for a minute. Yay. Love that. As always, send in your peaks of the week at our Instagram at We're Already Friends. Okay, yeah. So for my catch up, I'm going to do like a little recap and just go right into my experience at Revolve Festival. So let's get into it. If you guys didn't know, I posted a TikTok probably a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, basically saying that I was manifesting an invite to Revolve Fest. And then they saw it, Revolve, and then I got invited. So I got to go to Revolve Fest. And I just feel like there have been so many TikToks about Revolve Fest and everyone asking if it was a shit show, everyone asking what was true, it was fake. So I wanted to do like a little recap and give my experience of that. So got invited super last minute, probably like a week in advance. So of course, I had to find flights out there, find a hotel, find outfits, everything. Luckily, I already had my flight because I bought a ticket to Coachella in 2019. So I've been waiting literally almost three years to go. I already have my flight out to Palm Springs. So I started to change it to a week earlier. It cost $15 to make it a week earlier, which was amazing. So everyone's like, oh my God, how did you get a flight? Like they're so expensive. I literally booked my flight like six months ago and it was only $500, which is still really expensive. So flights have been so expensive lately. Yes. <laughs> like domestic flights. Domestic flights. It's like the, yes. The abroad flights are like the same price as domestic. But yes. Anyway, that's that's a conversation. No, but <laughs> yes, just if you're flying somewhere, get your flights early. Because I was looking at flights just to see what they would have been if I would have booked it last minute. And I think to Palm Springs, it was like $1,100 round trip, which obviously that's because of increased demand, yada, yada. But got my flight sorted, found two girls to room with. Shout out Rebecca Pausma. She saw that her other friend got invited kind of last minute, sent me her information and her and her friend and then me and my friend Megan all roomed together. That was great. We saved so much money finding two other girls to share a hotel room with because I think they were asking like $4.50 a night at a Hilton Garden Inn, which if you know Hilton Garden Inns, those are usually like $100 to $150. So everything just gets so expensive in Palm Springs. But okay, so that was getting to the actual Revolve Festival. And what a lot of people do is that they'll go to Coachella Weekend One and Revolve Festival. If you don't know, they're two different things. So Revolve Festival actually has no connection to Coachella. They're not allowed to say Coachella. They explicitly told us like if you're going to post anything about Revolve Fest, like you cannot say Coachella because that's trademarked. It means you do not have any affiliation with them whatsoever. So people will buy tickets to Coachella Weekend One or they'll get sponsored by a brand and get to go and also go to Revolve Fest. We just went to Revolve Fest because we're not cool enough to get sponsored. Not cool enough yet. Or, you know, I just, I already had tickets for Weekend Two. So just went to Revolve Fest. I think you should clarify. Yes. Yes. So just went to Revolve Fest Weekend Weekend One. one. Yes. So there's a Weekend yeah. One Coachella and Weekend Two of Coachella. And actually, fun fact, when I like posted that manifesting video, like manifesting an invite to Revolve Fest, I just definitely thought they did it both weekends because Coachella is both, both weekends. And then someone texted me, they're like, wait, aren't you going to weekend two? Like Revolve Fest is weekend one. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so dumb. Like I'm not even going to be able to go if I get this actual invite. I'm like, whatever, we'll see. And then once I got the invite, the girl who invited me was like, if you can find a way to get here, like you absolutely need to come. It is so fun. And so I figured it out. But at first I really was like, oh dang, I've put out this manifestation. I'm not even going to be able to go. Like, of course, I'm a dumbass and didn't look up like when it was. But anyways, made it there. Okay, so picture this. You pull up to the Revolve Fest. It's on a different different area. You have to drive there or Uber there. So what people were saying online was that it was a huge shit show. The buses were not coming. People were stuck in the desert. 
you pulled up to a parking lot because I guess in the city of India where it was, you needed to have public transportation for events with more than 300 people or something. So they had to have transportation. So the event was literally down the street, like a four minute drive, but they couldn't let people just come to the event. They had to go to the separate parking lot, do security screening, have buses, do the whole shebang. So that you could drive over there. I guess like that's just the city rules. So we pulled up this parking lot. It's very busy. We went and got our tickets. There was a separate stand for tickets. And then you went, waited in line for the shuttles. They told us to get there at one. Like they said to all the influencers, if you want to be guaranteed a spot to get in, you have to show up at one, which is what we did. We showed up at 1.30. Which was, so we were like a little bit late. We were kind of nervous because they explicitly said in our email, like if you do not show up on time, you are not guaranteed an entry into the festival. And it goes from one to eight. So of course, no one wants to get there at one because like you're the first people there. And like a lot of people didn't want to be there all day. But for us, as someone who only were going just for Revolve Festival, that was fine for us. We were happy to get there and just hang out. And if we wanted to leave, we could. So we pulled up, got our tickets at the little ticket booth, got in line for the shuttles. And the shuttles took an hour and 15 minutes. So we were in shade. We were just hanging out, going through the line, meeting people, chatting with people. And we got on the buses and got into the event. So I guess I can go more into the event in a second. But that's kind of like what my experience was. Like we got there, it was hot, but it, like we knew it was going to be hot. It's hot at Coachella. It's it's hot in Indio, California at that time of the year. Um, and we waited like an hour. So I guess like people online were saying they waited like three, four, five hours, never got a shuttle. From my perspective, like those people that had a bad time showed up like three hours late, showed up at, like the four o'clock, five o'clock, like just expecting to get in. And I don't know, from my perspective, I followed the rules. Like I went when I was told to go and then I got it. And like, it wasn't much more complicated than that. I think it was like the people who didn't follow the rules that showed up super late were mad that they didn't get a bus because like, I think they weren't expecting people to come late. Like they didn't have as many buses running. Like there were a lot of buses running right when we got there, but then I guess they like slowed down. So that was kind of like that perspective of like people who were saying it was a shit show online. Like once you got into the event, it was amazing. Like free food, free drinks, like free, you know, there was like PR stands, people giving out free sunglasses, like free keychains, like lots of like free stuff. And then like you could ride on the little rides, all that stuff. So I don't know. Did you see any of the videos people saying how it was like not fun at all? Like they couldn't get in, all that stuff. I feel like being on the side, I don't want to slander this at all because you went and that was a really good opportunity. But being not there, the amount of things on TikTok that were just so annoying, it's just a very first world problem. I'm like looking and everyone just complaining about just things that are not really worth complaining about, mm-hmm. in my opinion. That I, To me, it just seems very tone deaf. So I was just more over the whole thing of watching people complain about having money and having to stand in line or being hot. Wait. It's like, well, didn't you kind of know that you were going to the desert? And also, this isn't a paid experience. Like, why are you expecting five-star service? I don't know. Like, Thank you. Okay, I am so glad you have that perspective because I could not agree more. I had the best day ever. And then we woke up and then like saw people complaining. And I'm like, what are you complaining about? Because, okay, one, like I just kind of mentioned, like we followed the rules. You showed up three hours late and had to wait two, three hours for a bus. Like, first of all, where's the personal responsibility? Like, it's not Revolve's fault that they plan less buses for later in the day because they told everyone to come at the beginning. Also, and important point though, if Revolve said that there wasn't a lot of um, room in there, there probably was less buses because it was probably like a one in one out as mm-hmm. well. Could have been why it was taking three hours because they're like, well, we have to wait until people leave before we can go pick up more people. Yeah. And if again, if you showed up on time, the wait was an hour and 15 minutes. Like I literally have a picture of us getting there and I have a picture of me getting on the bus and it was an hour and 15. When I was watching those videos, I'm like, some of y'all have never been to Disney World. I've waited two hours for Tower of Terror. I've waited three hours for a Star Wars ride. Like you guys do not have any perspective. Like, come on. Yeah, like it's just not that serious. <laughs> it is not that serious. You should have known, I guess. And keeping in mind, like, yeah, you want to go, but it would be different, like, if Revolve hired those people and, like, I don't know, made more expectations, like, okay, we're going to pay you all this money. Or if the, well, I guess probably the way around, like, if the influencers paid to go to Revolve. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, it's just a, that's just how it is. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I have so many thoughts with that. I saw someone who posted a perspective that was like, you know, we were all waiting in line for an hour and you saw this shorter line a little bit further down of like the super VIPs, like the Charlie D'Amelio's, like the celebrities that had a private bus and had a very short line and they got in and went right in. And it felt, it made me feel like we were cattle, like being moved and the more important people got in. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. That's like, that's just how yeah, life works. Of like, I'm, yeah. 
Like, have you literally been anywhere else in your entire life? Like, yeah, more important people get treated more important. Like, I don't, I, I don't know how to break it to you. Yeah, and it's not, it's not necessarily that they're more important. It's that Revolve cares about the numbers of their social media platforms because it's literally an influencer event. That's why that thing is created. And outside of that, if you're at a coffee shop and that person's at a coffee shop, you're equal. It's fine. That doesn't matter. But when you go to a concert and someone has paid $1,000 for meet and greet tickets and they go in that line, (laughs) they get the short line. They get the very important person experience. And when you buy nosebleed tickets, you have to wait for two hours and get padded down and go through security and do all of these things and then walk all the way. Like That's just just life. It's an event. That's how it works. I don't know. I know. It's not fair. I'm sorry. I, I was just so funny because that girl who posted that video, she posted like complaining about day one, how it was a shit show and how terrible it was. And then like the next day, she was at day two and like posting stuff. And, and she's like, I don't, I'm not here to hate on them. I'm just like holding them accountable. And I'm like, for what? For the fact that you feel like, like she was like, it's just so embarrassing that you get so excited to go there. And then you get there and there's a VIP section where people are above you and they're they're getting to be in a shaded area and like have bottle service. And I'm like, have you ever been to a nightclub? Like, yes. Like you go to the nightclub and there's VIP section there too. And those people get better seats and they get bottle service. I'm like, girl, the, the drinks here are still free. Just go up and get a free drink yourself. Like, yeah, I just couldn't agree more with like the tone deaf. I'm like, do you know how many people would kill to have been waiting in line for an hour and 15 minutes, then don't go. I mean, it's it's literally no different than being at an office and the corporate top execs get to have the nice corner unit with a window and a couch. And then you're in the cubicles downstairs. Yeah. Like you just work, you work your way up and whether that's fair or that sucks, but that's just how it is for a lot of things in yeah. life. And, but I think on the flip side, yes, there are a lot of people that maybe would want to go to that, but I do think there are a lot of people that don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And like, that's fine. They, but they don't need to like diminish someone else's exciting experience. Like, I felt like there was a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. Like if an influencer thought that, because now all, all of the details are out, that buying a flight, paying whatever it was for their hotel, whether they bought a ton of their own clothes and a ton of their own food on top of that, that's their prerogative. But if to them, the $2,000 exchange of clothes Mm -hmm. plus the experience and getting to say you went and the networking and the marketing, if that's worth it for you, amazing. Great. Go. Have a great time. If to someone else, if that's not worth it to you, okay. It's literally no different than anything else in life. Some people buy Balenciaga shoes because to them, it's worth it and they want them. And other people think that that's asinine to spend that much on shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. I just don't know why everyone cares about what everyone else is doing yeah. so much. So I agree because I also got the $2,000 clothing credit and I got to meet so many cool influencers. Like I view it as like a networking opportunity as well as like a really fun, cool opportunity. And like, I 100% agree. Like to me, that was worth it. I made some really good connections with other content creators, other brands that are going to lead into paid opportunities. I also just like found that people were just kind of like lying about certain details to get clout. And I don't know like why, I don't know. I guess like we can kind of just like talk about that really quick and then get into more of the influencer conversation. But like, this is the last thing I'll say about like the whole like getting into the influencer event thing is that people online were like, they were taking away our water. Like they didn't have any water there. When we went through security, they made us dump our water out. I was like, that is literally not true. Like I walked in with a giant water bottle because I knew that we were going into the literal desert. And like, I didn't expect them to have anything because... I don't know, you just come prepared. I guess I maybe mean, that's like the producer brain in me, but I brought water because I figured maybe maybe we wouldn't get right in. Like maybe they wouldn't have water right away. And I went through the security line. They did not make us dump out our water. Like I got to drink it comfortably the entire time. Like, yes, I feel like there were some things that they could have done better. Like there wasn't any bathrooms in the parking lot, which I was like, okay. Well, not to my knowledge. To my knowledge, I did not see any bathrooms. Maybe they could have taken you to a bathroom if you asked. But if we're going to give some constructive criticism, like there were no porta potties or anything. So that would like suck if you had to pee, which I'm sure a lot of people did. So I don't know what they did. They could have brought water. The second day, like everything had changed. You could tell there was a complete mood shift. Like there was waters everywhere when you got there. The line was like, you just had to walk through the bus line to get on the bus. Like there was literally no line. I think they brought even in more buses. Like you could tell they listened. So that was good. But overall, I thought, yeah, like the, the videos I was seeing online was not matching like the experience that 99% of us had. Another important note, Revolve 
is a clothing company. Yes, they've branched out to do all these like influencer trips and stuff, but like they're not an event company. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure they're trying their best. And I think that's great that, you know, they saw the feedback from day one and they're like, okay, we can do better. We can change some things. But also the pandemic happened. They hadn't had the event in a while. Personally, I think why not just have the Revolve Festival a totally different, like let Coachella have Coachella's thing. And I do think Revolve started off as being a small little substitute Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, it's a pre-party you come and then you go to Coachella. And now it's almost like Revolve is trying to compete with Coachella. Like people even go to one or the other. So at this point with how big they are, I feel like with the cost of flights and hotels and transportation, maybe doing it a different weekend might be better because people could go to both. But all in all, Revolve is not an event company. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I feel like it was tough because a lot of people that we're talking to were like running back and forth between the events and like spending crazy amounts on Ubers. And it just like wasn't very seamless because they're not close. to each. It's not like you can walk in between Revolve Fest and Coachella. Like, no, it's like a 15 minute, 20 minute Uber in between the two. Then once you get to Coachella, you have to walk through the parking lot. Like it's a very far walk. So I agree with that. I feel like it's a really good idea, but it doesn't need to be the same weekend as Coachella because it just makes everything very stressful and chaotic. And yes, it's hot. It's everything's so expensive there. And everything's far everything's away. so far. You're in the middle of the desert. Like if you've been there, the, there, it's the middle of a desert and then you have a blip of a town and there's like one convenience mm-hmm. store and one gas station and your Airbnb is like all the way over there. Nothing is convenient about anything in that region, which is why people wanted to go there in the first place because it's like remote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going to Joshua Tree is like remote. <laughs> Nothing's there. Yeah, I think we should suggest that to them. Maybe like do it in <laughs> LA or somewhere else because it's fun. Like it's an amazing event, but I don't know. Maybe it also works really well for them because it is the weekend of Coachella. Like maybe that's how they can get so many because there's so many artists. Like enough about getting into the festival. Like once you're in there, Post Malone performed, Jack Harlow, Migos, Bia, Lotto, like all these huge artists are performing. So maybe they can get them because they're already going to be at Revolt. I don't know. At Coachella? I don't know. The music was True. insane at Revolt Festival. Like the fact that they got these big name people and you're so close to stage because it's a private event. I feel like that was the craziest thing of the entire experience. Is like at Coachella, when I would see Harry Styles or Headliner, they are like literally the tiniest human on a giant stage so far from me that I'm like, I just feel like I'm listening to music. Like I literally don't feel like I'm at a concert. Whereas Revolve, you can walk up right when the concert's starting and you are so, so close. It is crazy. So... Yeah, that's. I feel like we should have led. Yeah, I know. Like (laughs) that. Like that's a huge. If you like music, like everyone likes music. Like that was the coolest part about Revolve Festival. Is like I would walk up when the concert was starting, and you could like get into the front row. Like it's kind of funny because like no one there wants to be doing like quote unquote fan behavior because everyone like is acting like they're so cool. But I'm like, I don't care. I'll get right up to the front and like scream and you know what I mean. So like that was really easy because no one really wanted to like be crazy. I feel like that comment there of everyone trying to act cool. Um, is a good segue into talking about how people present at these mm-hmm. events, I guess. So right as some some girl may, I'm sure you guys all saw it on TikTok because we have so many videos on, on our For You pages that are the same, hating on a very known influencer saying one year at Coachella, she went up to her and she didn't say anything and her hairdresser was like, that's a no, goodbye. Oh or yeah. Something like that. She wanted to take a and, picture, or like say hi to her or something. And the hairdresser yeah. said no. Yes. And this girl is making it out to seem like this particular influencer was like, I hate you. You're ugly. Get away from me. You little person. Like acting like this influencer did the worst thing that they could ever. And granted, yes, that girl probably looked up to her. But first of all, it came out later that she was pregnant. As you're saying, it's so hot. It is a journey to get there. I'm sure this influencer had 10,000. She's working. It's a work and when, like if you Yes. Yeah, when you if some if you go to if your friends working at a coffee shop and they have ten thousand things to do, you wouldn't just like go behind the counter to them and be like, "Hey, oh my god, could we get a picture right now?" They're like, "Um, I mean, like, I'm working. I got things to do." Like context, they're not just there to you. Maybe it doesn't seem like work. Maybe other people don't value the work or whatever. But for that person, that is their job, and they have a lot to mm-hmm. do. And then she's getting destroyed, and all these people are like, "Do better," as if she like, like I don't know, yeah. What are your no, thoughts? I saw that exact video and at first I was like, oh dang, like that sucks that that celebrity is mean because I really like that person. But no, I agree. Like the more I think about it, I'm like, like I didn't I didn't I didn't have a big reaction, but it is true. It's like 
why does that person like owe you anything? Also, it is a work event. And like you saying that was kind of like the tone that I had going into it. Like I'm not going to go up to anyone unless like we naturally have a conversation because like people are there to get their photos. Like as dumb as it sounds, like there are deliverables for these events. So this celebrity person, influence, big influencer person that you're talking about probably had like five Instagram posts 12 stories to do. And this girl who like really wanted to say hi was for sure catching her when she was taking these photos. So maybe the hairdresser like could have worded it better. Like, so sorry, like not right now. We're like right in the middle of this. Like she's about to pass out from heat. Like maybe, I don't know. Like, And she's pregnant. She's literally pregnant. So... Because I agree. Like, it is not... I hate that that person posted that video because it just kind of seemed like they were doing it for clout. Also, I would never want clout off of, like, someone being mean to me, you know? Because then that's all you're ever going to have followers for. Anyway, side note. That's a side tangent. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, now that girl, like, maybe she gained some followers that they all followed her because, like, she's a hater on someone. Like, that's not really, like, a good personal brand. But, (laughs) anywho, I just think, like, yeah, it's just, you can't expect, like, it's not a meet and greet event. Exactly what you said. These people are here to get their content, get their stuff. So me going into this event, I literally was like, I'm not going to go up and say hi to anyone unless like, one, we've a mutual friend. There's like a warm connection, like kind of like a warm, you know, I know this person somewhat or like they come up to me or like there's like an interaction because like, yeah, people are working. Like, they're trying to get their stuff. Like people have a lot of deliverables. And also this is going to segue perfectly into one of the bullets you wrote down was like, never meet your heroes. I literally went into this event knowing like, I don't want to have any bad experiences with anyone. Because once I saw that video, I'm like, huh, people are different than their online personas. And like, I don't want to know that. Like, I just want to be ignorance is bliss. Like, I want to go in like, be like, oh my God, that's the person I follow. They're amazing. Like, I don't need to go up and like talk to them unless like, again, unless like there was something like we're my friends are friends with their friends and we all connect. Like, I just didn't feel the need to go up to literally anyone because when you're inside Revolve Fest, it literally is your for you page, like walking around. Like every single person you've ever seen on TikTok or Instagram is literally there. So I did recognize a lot of people, but I didn't feel the need to go up to them because I didn't want to bother them. But also I didn't want to carry the burden of knowing if they were actually like a shitty person in real life. Like, I don't need to know that. Like they can they can live that life. But I I personally don't care to know if someone's like actually mean or nice in real life. You know, like let's just let everyone do their own thing. I think, I feel like we just keep talking about the Revolve Festival. We can segue into other things, but one last point, a lot of people were hating, like, wow, look at it. It's just a bunch of people on their phones looking through a screen. It's like not even real life, whatever. People are just there for content. And yeah, I agree. Like, it probably like that that is kind of awkward if people are just all on their phones, you know, but it's like that that is literally the point of yeah. the event. You know, like that's what it is there for. It's not a full representation of how all of these people act all the mm-hmm. time. Like just because they had to do that at the Revolve Festival doesn't mean when they go out to brunch with their girlfriends or they're like at dinner with their family or they're doing something that they live their entire life through the mm-hmm. screen. But when you have deliverables, you got to get met. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point too. Like, also, you did have to like sit in the shade and kind of like just chill at points because it was like really, really hot. So, yeah, it's not going to be like crazy lively people running around because like people are just like trying to sit in the shade during like the hottest part of the day. But yeah, no, I agree. Like, that was not a time to like hang up and hang out. It was definitely time to like phones up, like, got to get the stuff done because like some people were being paid to be there, like the big, big people. So they have to show up and do what they need to do. I feel like we should go back to the never meet your heroes quote and give your thoughts on that because I was definitely living by that motto and I'm so glad I did because even like I didn't go up to any people that I follow and I'm so glad I didn't. I had a great experience. Didn't meet anyone that was rude. Didn't put anyone on the spot like that. And what are your thoughts around that quote? I think it just if you're meeting a hero or someone you look up to, like the dynamic is probably going to be awkward and very different than it would be in a normal day-to-day situation. So let's say like you actually got a chance to sit down with this person when they're not stressed out, like at a coffee shop with a couple other people and you're like sitting and talking. You would probably be like, wow, I actually really like them. But if you catch them off guard when they're working or they're tired or especially, you know, let's say at an event like a concert or a presentation or something like that, those things are so emotionally draining like the prep to get all of that done. They're probably nervous, like having to be on display in front of all these people. And maybe you catch them after and you want to go say hi to them. They're probably not going to be like, wow, I feel so amazing and happy and energetic right now. And they're probably doing their best. But it when they go to say make a TikTok or a YouTube video, they're probably recording those when they're feeling mm-hmm. their best. And they're 
at home in a safe space with their water and their matcha and they got a good night's sleep. And I don't know, we, we're all very dynamic human beings that we have good days, we have bad days, we have bad minutes, we have good minutes. Like it, you can't, no one can be on all of the time. Mm. And I would assume that that pressure would also really start to weigh on you. I feel like they could tell that like if someone's going to come up to them or say literally anything to them that they knew that they knew who they are. And I was like, that must be like the worst feeling ever. Like kind of gave me a different perspective on like ever wanting to grow my platforms bigger than they are because I like that I can just walk around and just like there were definitely huge people there like where everyone knew who they were. And that must be like a lot of pressure to always feel on. And yeah, you're going to have moments where you're, it's physically impossible to be on all the time. Wait, no, I think that's such yeah. a good point. Because you know how I've, we've talked about this before where in Omaha, I'm like, I just know so many people. And if you're like at a coffee shop or at the grocery store, I always see people and like run into people. And that's a tiny, irrelevant blip on the map, bigger a a little fish in a tiny pond yeah. type thing. But even still, I'm like, there are just some days where I want to just go be ugly and not talk to anyone or whatever. And of course you appreciate it. But I think I said on one episode that I was like, you know, after having New Wave and growing my following, I have such a localized Nebraska following that you kind of start to be like, do I want to get any bigger than that? Because a good friend, his mom was my daycare person growing up. They lived on our street. He is uber famous now, millions of subscribers on YouTube. And he literally can't go anywhere in Nebraska. He had to like get a farm out there and his dad and my dad are best friends. And they were having this small little men's group thing to do the other weekend. And he was going to be there. And my dad was just saying how whenever they do these, if he's going to come, they like absolutely can't tell anyone. They can't tell anyone else like extended in the group because people will show up and like raid the events and they're they're just trying to have like a small meeting and like that just that that kind of sucks for mm-hmm. him even though it's great and he has this awesome life and he's done all these things he really can't even just do normal stuff that's crazy i know i can't say his name because there's literally only one person that fits all of that description from nebraska yeah. but, but just like any big person that's like an influencer and i guess like Kind of what we were talking, wanted to talk about was like, why do we idolize just regular people who post on the internet or even celebrities in general? Okay. So my thought, I feel like back in the day, celebrities were, what do we all say? Blank degrees of separation. Back in the day, people were like eight degrees of separation from everyone. And now it's like three or four or something because of the internet. I feel like way back when, when there was Hollywood movies and it was really just magazines, celebrities were so far away from the average person. Like basically on a different planet, you're not going to meet them or run into them. They don't have social media. You don't get to know about their lives behind the scenes. Like they do an interview here and there on, you know, E or something like that. And that's kind of the extent of you getting to know those celebrities on a personal level. And so, of course, some people always idolize celebrities, but I think people are even more interested in influencers because their life is relatable. Mm -hmm. Like a a celebrity who's like a big name actor or a big name musician, their life probably doesn't look like the average person. They're really rich or going and doing all of these things. But if you see a normal person that kind of lives in a place like you, that kind of has a life like you, that might look like you and have a home like you, and they're doing this stuff, you're like, wow, I really relate and resonate with this person. And I could have what they have. And it makes that emotional bond for that person deeper. Yeah, or if they have a That's problem, like, and they overcome something, maybe like not being able to get pregnant or like something really adversity. And then they overcome that. I feel like those people just like really view them as like their hero because they live the exact same life, have the exact same problem. And like, they really help them get through something, which maybe traditional celebrities, unless they're talking about big issues, they don't really do that for people on a day-to-day basis. Right. So I don't know, but I, I've also seen a lot of videos popping up recently how the influencer bubble is like going to pop because everyone wants to be an influencer now. Maybe not everyone, but at least it's not a secret anymore how it's done. So people are like, wait, these are like, you can look up videos, endless Google things about how to be an influencer and between pay transparency and here's what I did to get to here. People are very open about how they got from A to Z, where even a couple of years ago, it might've been like, well, I have no idea how they got Mm -hmm. there or like how much money do they really make? Is that worth quitting my nine to five for? And now people are starting to see, oh, well, I could do that. Maybe I should quit my nine to five. And so I do think the 
new shiny object syndrome is maybe wearing off a little bit where at the beginning when there were fewer influencers, it was a big deal to be an influencer, have a following. Mm-hmm. But now you can have 100,000 on TikTok and it's like, yeah, so does this guy and that guy mm-hmm. and that guy. Like it doesn't really, it's, it doesn't hold the weight that it used to hold. Right. No, I 100% agree. And But it still works. Like obviously these brands know that social media is where it's at, but I think we are all just kind of tired of getting sold to. Because now kind of when you get on your phone... Everyone's selling you something. They're selling you their lifestyle, their perspective, their small business, their product, whether they, you know, have a a side hustle like they're a photographer or something. Like it almost seems like everyone is trying to sell you something online to where these platforms used to be more for fun and entertainment and a way to catch up with people. So I think the average viewer is just starting to get fed up, not just with the influencers, but it's like the apps as a mm-hmm. whole because the apps are realizing like, oh, we've got to try to make money on these. So we're going to prioritize ads, creators that are selling things, shopping, linking, sponsored, whatever. And I think people are just kind of getting annoyed of it. I mean, that's truly why I've been like being nature girl for the past month because I'm just like, I kind of have the ick from it mm-hmm. right now a little bit. Yeah. I feel like you and me have been building up to this dislike of social media for a while now. If you listen to our episodes, you can definitely hear it throughout. But even like when you open up Instagram now, the first post, I don't know about for you, for me that shows up is always an ad now. Even the first post. So I have to mm-hmm. scroll. Yeah, I think it is getting a little bit frustrating and it'll be interesting to see how content creators and influencers, like the ones that are successful moving forward, how they stay successful. I feel like it's just the people that can like live their life in an authentic way and can find a way to monetize that and that aren't pushing and selling stuff. Because I agree. I feel like there's so much incentive as content creators to be like the person that pushes Amazon links because you can see people making thousands of dollars from Amazon links. But I'm just like, I've tried to do that and it's just not for me. It's so hard and it's so wasteful. And I guess I didn't even realize, oh which you wrote on here too. That's what I was just I did not say. realize people buy stuff for an influencer haul and then return it all. Like that is so illegal. Like how are they, how are they not getting in trouble for that? I know. So it's like you're encouraging someone to buy stuff that you don't, you don't even, even want to keep. And the sad thing is, is with Amazon, over a third of the returned products just go into the landfill because after these people have tried things on, they're, you know, there's deodorant stains. They're clearly, you know, like wrinkled up a little bit. They've been taken out of the package. So it takes more resources for Amazon to inspect the items, re-tag it, repackage it. So there, you can look it up right now. Like they deem most things as just damaged. And so some of it will go, they actually have one here in Omaha to these like liquidation places. And they just send all the returns to these things and you can buy it for super cheap, buy the pound or whatever. But then people don't even want it then because it's been messed up or whatever. And it's already so cheap. It's like you're taking these cheap items, making them even cheaper as if everything is just disposable. And that is a personal... We talked about this a lot with our episode with Lindsay, where the big brands have the pockets. So say people have reached out to me as the owner of New Wave and been like, I would love to sponsor your store. Like if you send me some stuff, I'll make a TikTok. And I'm like, well, it doesn't really help me that much unless you live in a 60 mile radius. And also because most of my stuff, there's one. So all that's going to happen because of TikTok culture, if you do a haul, people are going to want the exact thing you Mm -hmm. tried on. They're not... They don't get like oh, it's the essence of this outfit. Like, here's how you pair some vintage pieces together. Here's kind of the vibe from this store. Go check it out. People are still going to comment and be like, but what brand are the jeans? But I want that shirt. Or how did you do that? It's not directly going to help me all that much. And even if I did have new stuff, I don't have the inventory supply to Phillips to fill all of these orders if something were to go viral. So let's say I sell um, like a cute little white pearl ring. Let's say I maybe have 20. An influencer makes a video. Okay, you probably don't have the resources to package all those orders immediately on the spot, get them all sent out. And then people are going to be like, wait, do you have more? Wait, what size is this? Do you have a sizing thing? Like you just, you don't have the resources. And so there's just such a sad lack of smaller businesses being able to compete on that level. Because why would an influencer make a video for $100 for a small business when they could get $10,000 from this brand and make money on the affiliate links for every item Mm -hmm. they sold? So it takes... Truly, that influencer actually 
having like a moral compass and ethically caring enough to be like, ah, I'm just not going to do that. But most people, they got bills to pay. They're trying to build their thing. So they don't really care. Yeah. So it's like, where does the small business fit in here? So I I think what it's just going to be hard for smaller businesses to compete as we get bigger and bigger. It's not we, the, the influencer culture. It's no different than... TV or radio. I mean, it's like if you wanted to try to make a TV commercial, that's astronomical costs, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You're a small, but I don't just like buy a billboard for New Wave. I don't just like put a movie trailer on before a movie. Like the costs just go up so much because that's where the screen time is. Yeah, I feel like social media has definitely blown up smaller brands way past what they can carry. Yeah, at the same time, it's probably offered those brands like a good platform to reach people that they never would have reached. So I feel like it's, you know, catch 22. But no, that's a good point. Like maybe these big influencers or someone will post on TikTok and it'll go viral for a company and they like don't expect all the craziness and all the press that that brings. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. I do think it's important to highlight the benefits that it has allowed them to reach an audience with minimal pay. Like I'm very thankful I don't have to pay for mm-hmm. billboards and radio ads and can just post things on Instagram. I think that we maybe are just in a sweet spot of that where I'm hoping that if you aren't selling stuff on your accounts that you don't just get shoved to yes. the bottom because you're not making money yeah. for the ad. I think that's where... I think that's what we're going to see happen. Like, I feel like me and you have called that before. We're like, even when I'm scrolling on Instagram, I see like eligible for commission at the top. And it's like someone posting mm-hmm. in a sweatshirt they got from like Revolve or somewhere. And you can tap and buy it on Instagram. Like they're definitely going to be pushing that kind of content because Instagram makes commission off those posts. One thing that the apps are doing that I do have to praise them for is the creator funds are actually a very nice thing. They really didn't have to do that. And I'm glad that they did because now Pinterest is launching one. Really, it's all because TikTok did it first. And then Instagram slash Facebook, because they're the same company, was like, yeah, it's kind of a good idea to just pay people to make good content. But unless you have a pretty good following, it's probably not going to be enough to sustain your income by any means. Yeah. And I hope they keep it up. Like, we'll see if they even keep it up because I know there was complaints. Um, Hank Green, the author, famously like a few months ago, complained about the TikTok creator fund. Is that what it was a set amount? And when it started in 2020, there was like half as many creators. So since the set amount and just like that, there's more creators, like when you used to make $400 a month or $1,000 a month on TikTok, now you're making like pennies, like $200 or $100. So it'll be interesting to see if they keep that up or if they just jumped on because, you know, Instagram and Facebook, they have like a chokehold on everyone. Do they have to do like these nice things? We'll have to see. But I agree. It is really nice. The The money right now in doing reels and stuff is very high. If you haven't jumped on that, everyone, it's, it's pretty high. Yeah. Did you start doing I it I turned too? it on, but... I got to I got to be better about posting on my social media. I'm like really <laughs> behind. But I would like to okay. cash out those bonuses. I think we can wrap up really quick with some final thoughts. For me, I feel like in conclusion, I don't know, just kind of like a whole umbrella of this is that personally, I don't expect anything from influencers. I try not to expect anything if I see them in real life. I again, like with the never meet your heroes thing, I just don't want to carry the burden of knowing if someone's shitty or not. Like, I just want to know them for their online persona. Because I have known about a couple influencers that apparently in real life, like, quote unquote, suck. And again, like, what experience are you basing that on? Like, what what are you truly basing that on? Like, did you catch them in the wrong time? I just don't like knowing that stuff. Like, for me, I just, I just don't really care. And I think also in conclusion, what responsibility do influencers have to share about like negative experiences and stuff? If Revolve Fest was actually like, unsafe, if people were actually in positions where their safety was at hand, then I think that they do have a responsibility to actually call Revolve Festival and say that they were like, you know, in an unsafe position. Like I think someone did say that they did feel unsafe when they got there super late. At one point, a bunch of people just started storming these buses and they did not feel safe. You know, I feel like that is okay to share. I don't really know how it's Revolve's fault. I People storm at Coachella. People like do that stuff anywhere. So I think if an influencer is, you know, put somewhere where they are unsafe or truly something is in the wrong that they should call that out. But we also just need to be conscious of like the tone and like things that we're saying online because it is like super privileged and tone deaf. So that's kind of my final thoughts. What are your final thoughts on this episode? Any other hot takes you have about influencers in general? 
One thing I think that's really messed up about brand deals is that you usually agree to the brand deal before you've ever received the product or received the product for long enough to actually have a credible suggestion or if you actually like it. For example, I did a partnership with JBL. They like reached out and I didn't know exactly what exact product. I knew it was headphones, but didn't know the specificities. And... So I'm like, I you agree to it. You agree to the pay. You agree to the deliverables. Then they mail you the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to say. And I mean, for the price point, are they fine? Yeah. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But I do like my AirPods way better. But like... For so many things, you agree to this before you've received it. And you have to hope that you like it because you've already morally said that you would vouch for that product. Yeah. It's super backwards. And I had an issue with this company that I told them I wasn't going to post their product on my personal page, but I would be open to whitelisting. And that is a whole nother world right now. Basically, what it means is since Instagram is owned by Facebook, these brands can log into your freaking Facebook, basically, and they're in the Facebook business page and they can post from your accounts. They can write the caption. They can delete. So yeah, instead of it saying like, McDonald's, try our new French fries. It says Allison Wedig. You like holding the picture of the French fries that you posted. Not that you would ever do this. This is an example. But it's like, (laughs) eat the new French fries. And it says Allison Wedig instead of... McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's doesn't post it from right. their own account. So the the pro is that they're putting all this money behind this ad image and you could end up... If people like what the ad is, maybe they go check out your page, maybe you gain some followers, some traction, whatever. But the downside is, is you're kind of giving up control of some of your page account things. So anyway, I tell this brand, I'm open to it, but want to make sure I like the product. So I get it. I do not like the product. And I'm like sad. I was like, you know, I honestly really wanted to like it. The branding's great. The packaging is great. I love the concept, whatever. But I just truly would never recommend this product. And they were like, wow, thanks so much for being honest. Like, we get it. No worries. All of a sudden, they fucking post an ad from my page. I'm like getting all of these likes. Like, I don't know how much money they put behind it. And I like go and I'm like, why would you post that on my page? I So I literally screenshot it sent it to the girl took them took their agency off my facebook thing and i was like i'm done i will never work with you again you obviously don't respect me as a creator when i deliberately an hour ago said no you thought that you didn't get the email cuz you replied to it and then you did it anyway and i feel like a lot of people would just be like oh oh well like it wasn't that that bad mm-hmm. of a product. It's not like it was like poisonous or something, but I just personally was like, if someone ordered this and they didn't like it, I would feel bad because right. I didn't like it. But you, I could have just been like, oh, well, whatever. It's too late. It's already up. But I, people got to stick up for themselves just like in any other work situation when they're getting taken advantage of and put their foot down. Yeah, and you just have to hope messed up that the influencers that you follow are being honest. And like, I know personally, I do not take brand deals with things like you said, like that I haven't gotten a try or at least that I like feel like I'm going to like because because for the exact same reason, like I would never want to be the person that recommends something and it sucks. Like because you get those emails, like I've gotten emails for like teeth whitening products that I don't use, like all the things, like any hair care or makeup product. And like, you really do have to just be honest. I feel like the people who are honest always end up winning because people can see through the fake sponsorships. And yeah, it's not worth it. The money's not worth it to lose trust from people. People are going to call you out on that. Yeah. I think it's just at the end of the day, if the influencer cares about the short-term gain or the mm-hmm. long-term gain, like it, are they in it for like a get quick rich? They just want to grow as fast as they can. And maybe they're just trying to grow their following so that then they can do their own business or something like that. Or do they truly care about giving valuable recommendations? Yeah. And I think that's on us as viewers to be smart enough to look and be like, what are their values? Not just like, what are they selling? But like beneath that, like, what do they care about? What are their actions? How do they live their life? Like, is that something that I admire? Or does that kind of rub me the wrong way and not taking the recommendation? And I hope that brands can do that more often. Like I had a brand reach out six months ago, a skincare brand, and they said, we want to send you our stuff. We want you to try it for three months. And if it works for you, then we'd love to have a conversation about a partnership. And like, here's all these other people that we've done partnerships with. And they were legit people. And after three months, I did not like their products. It like broke me out and we didn't move forward. And that was that. And it was awesome. Like I was really appreciative that they sent me like really nice skincare that was very expensive to try out. It wasn't for me. So we didn't move forward, even though like they were really big influencers that worked with them and still work with them. 
I really appreciated that tone that they'd set. And I feel like that's a win-win for them too, because then they can actually get people on board who are truly advocates for their product. They don't just want like fake advocates. They want people who like stand by their product, truly love it. So I feel like we can encourage brands to take that approach more. Yeah. And it just requires them to be more on the ball because so often it's like, we have this new product. We want to sell it out. We got to get it on the shelves. We got to get people buying it. But being like, okay, let's have a, a marketing strategy in place and look out and how can we give products to customers that they actually love. Because there are so many businesses that they don't care if you ever buy their product again. They just want to sell you one item, one and done, like all those gimmicky accounts that they're like closing sale, we're going out of business, buy out all this stuff. That was the whole thing. It was just to try to get you to buy that one thing. And they're all under the umbrella of like these same accounts. Like even the whole beauty industry is owned only by like a couple of huge big brands. It's just crazy. Yeah, so... What what we see is not what we get. Yeah. <laughs> in conclusion, take everything you see with a grain of salt. Make sure you're taking recommendations from people that you feel are doing things in good faith and looking into products and things before they recommend them. Yeah, because like you said, like they're trying to make money. They need to do these brand deals to make their income so that they can provide us with informational content, entertaining content. But we can just hope that they're guiding with their moral compass as well because that is a big part of it. Like you don't want to sell people things that are just getting out of in the trash. Exactly. I feel like we could keep going on and on and yes. on. And on but... Maybe we'll do a part two at some point because there's so many different even umbrellas under this whole conversation that we could go into. Even just like the hating on certain influencers or the psychology of why we love influencers and celebrities so much. Like I feel like that could be its own topic. So many things. So we will come back to this. And my final, final thought is I agree that even complaining about brand deals or influencing or anything under the spectrum is also tone deaf. And it's literally the most mundane of problems out there when other people in other countries don't have clean water or they're in like an abusive relationship or they're going through all of these mental health issues. But just for the terms of this podcast and to have a fun, lighthearted conversation, we're yes. talking about it, but it's not that deep. We know that the, there are much heavier issues in the world. If an influencer is mean then. to you, like it's really not that serious. Like, yes. Good, good side note. Thank you for that. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much for listening to another Already Friends podcast episode. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.